morning. Good morning, my good friends. Uh, good, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, uh, welcome to my live stream. Uh, welcome to my uh, second ever podcast. Uh, my name is uh, Andre uh, Lefevre. Uh, my name is Andre Lefevre. I am a uh, independent uh, citizen uh, journalist. Uh, my website is Wild News. Uh, dot us well the news dot us uh, i'm an extreme libertarian and i love to mouth off on things political things cultural things interesting we have a full uh, live stream full podcast for us today i've been uh, live streaming for the last year and a half and doing uh, youtube videos um this is my second podcast however so hopefully you enjoy it uh, we're going to talk about many different things. Uh, it is 11.34 in the a.m. Uh, Saturday, uh, December 29th uh, in the year 2018. Again, good morning. I'm about 12 uh, miles east of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, we're going to talk about the transgender Nazi aggression. Um, we're going to talk about uh, singularity. What exactly does that trendy um, uh, term mean and why all those pseudo-intellectuals fear that particular uh, singularity. We're going to talk about micro um, artificial intelligences, which I think are the future rather than one, uh, one huge singularity. We're going to talk about the crypto money and how it looks like it probably will uh, uh, replace the Federal Reserve at some point. Uh, also, we're going to talk about uh, gender roles and uh, we're going to talk about Nika Revolt. Uh, and if you know what Nika Revolt is, uh, stay till the end and you will uh, uh, find, uh, find out. Um, let's talk about transgender Nazi aggression and teacher firing. Um, I am on uh, Arkansas Democrat uh, Gazette website. And let me bring this up. Uh, the article is uh, by Monica Burke of the Heritage Foundation and was published on December 23rd. And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up, I saw the subject of this uh, article interviewed on Tucker Carlson, so I thought I'd look into it. So let me read portions of the article so you'll understand why I'm calling this uh, transgender Nazi aggression. Uh, no one could say, and I'm reading the article, no one could say Peter uh, Fleming didn't try. When a female student returned to West Point High School in Virginia this year, now identifying as a man, Vleming, uh, uh, who has taught French for uh, seven years at the school, found himself in a difficult position. How could he ensure that the student felt comfortable in the classroom without violating his Christian belief that God created human beings, male and female? Uh, Vlaming went to great lengths to accommodate the student without violating his faith. He used the student's uh, new name to avoid upsetting the student, but uh, refrained from using pronouns altogether in the student's presence to avoid speaking against his beliefs. I am happy to avoid uh, female pronouns, not to offend, because I am not here to provoke, Vlaming told the press. Uh, but I can refer to a female as a male and a male as a female in good uh, conscience and faith. Uh, but I can, uh, however, this wasn't enough to satisfy the student's family or the school board. I can't think of uh, a worse way to treat a child than what was happening said principal who had ordered the teacher to use the students uh, preferred uh, pronouns. Uh, let me get this straight. Uh, referring to a student, and that's me, Andre speaking, referring to a student by a wrong pronoun is worse than killing somebody, than worse than starving somebody to death, or worse than raping somebody, dismembering. Um, just think about this uh, transgender Nazi state of mind when I continue reading this article. Uh, the West Point School Board 
then uh, voted unanimously to fire Vlaming for refusing to comply with administrators' orders to use the students' preferred masculine pronouns. Very soon, other Americans could be vulnerable to the same fate as Vlaming simply for trying not to violate their belief that men and women are uh, interchangeable, uh, that men and women are unchangeable biological realities. Sweeping gender identity policies now threaten to silence debate over gender right. What is so shocking about Vlaming's case is that instead of pursuing a solution that would respect everyone, teacher and student alike, the school board refused to respect uh, Vlaming's beliefs and terminated him. Um, it, is, it is shocking. Uh, this incident does not bode well for the future conflicts over transgender policies, as far more of these conflicts arise in schools, hospitals, shelters, and businesses. America must allow its citizens to think um, about and debate these uh, issues freely. Unfortunately, government coercion is as a weapon of the culture wars is now spreading across the uh, professions. First, there were cases uh, in the wedding industry where the government tried to force people uh, to violate their belief that marriage between a man and a woman, florists, bakers, photographers, wedding values, and so forth. Then those laws would spread uh, to, uh, to even more interested videography, web design, calligraphy studios, and public service. Uh, now the government is beginning to penalize people who hold uh, that there are two biological sexes. For example, a Catholic hospital was sued for refusing to remove biological female healthy uterus to pursue transaction. Meanwhile, two parents lost custody of their teenage daughter for refusing to allow their child to take testosterone who identify as a boy. Uh, there's a little aside uh, uh, to that, and I can't remember the um, this... Uh, uh, researcher uh, in uh, the um, uh, in the biology of uh, of, uh, of of sex, a sexology, if you will, researcher. I heard her interview, who said that uh, parents who insist, and this is just an aside, who insist that their um, that their children be uh, uh, reassigned gender before the age of, um, before they go through the, um, uh, before, uh, 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 before they go through the, before they go through puberty, are actually homophobic because uh, most of the uh, uh, prepubescent children who identify themselves as another sex, especially males, male children who are uh, boys who uh, uh, who think of themselves as girls grow up to be gay men, and her point was, and I wish I could remember her name, and I'll look it up, and I'll do, uh, 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 I'll do a video, I'll do a podcast, and in the live stream <coughs> on that. Uh, she, she, her idea was, is that these parents are homophobic; they don't want to uh, being, uh, they're embarrassed of their sons growing up to be gay, and they much rather think uh, that uh, their children are born in the wrong body. But this is just an aside. Uh, this would have drastic implications, and I'm continuing reading the, um, the article. This would have drastic uh, implications for average Americans. It would open up uh, sex-specific facilities like uh, bathrooms, locker rooms, <coughs> excuse me, and shelters to members of the opposite biological sex. It would allow biological males to uh, compete on women's sports teams, which is actually already happening. Uh, it would force healthcare providers and insurance companies to pay for radical transgender therapies. Stories such as Lemmings would become the new normal. Um, anyways, you can uh, you can look it up this article on um, uh, uh, Arkansas Democrat uh, Gazette website. It's uh, ArkansasOnline.com. Uh, you can find it. Um, <coughs> my thoughts on the subject is is that this transgender Nazi violation of the First Amendment for us to think what we want has nothing to do with transgender. If the hard left will win this argument and will destroy us, the free-thinking people, uh, they will throw um, they will throw the transgender people uh, to the curb. They'll probably be the first. They'll be the first to go behind the barbed wire and into the gas chambers. Um, 
Remember, Nazis, uh, before they took power, championed alternative uh, lifestyle. Um, it is speculated that Adolf Hitler himself uh, had gay tendencies, or he practiced some weird BDSM-style uh, uh, sex. There's some indications that he was uh, a uh, lifestyle submissive and uh, enjoyed some very, very radical uh, BDSM sex practices. However, as soon as Nazis took power, they uh, the guests, gays, uh, and people involved in alternative uh, lifestyle just as quickly as they did Jews and uh, uh, and gypsies. Uh, I think the real reason, as a matter of fact, I'm convinced, I know that the real reason uh, the hard left is going against the science and against the Christian, Judeo-Christian beliefs that there are only two sexes, excuse me, <coughs> There's something up in my throat. Is because they want to destroy the traditional family. Uh, at the end of this, um, uh, at the end of this uh, podcast, this um, live stream, I will uh, talk about uh, trans, uh, uh, traditional uh, gender roles and uh, my optimistic view of the future. But why does the hard left? Why hard left is pushing? Uh, uh, transgender? Why are they punishing us, the middle class traditional uh, people who embrace science and who embrace uh, 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 who embrace traditional uh, view of how men and women are? It's because they want to break up the traditional family. If we're not loyal to our spouses and our children, we're loyal to the state. And uh, Hard left believes in uh, dictatorship. They believe in authoritarian uh, rule. They divide and conquer. They want to separate, separate and destroy the family, and they want to divide and conquer. All right, uh, that was on transgender Nazis. We are uh, we are changing gears a little bit. We're changing gears a little bit. The next subject that I have, I find personally interesting. I find personally extremely interesting. Let me, let me bring this up. Let's talk about uh, the singularity. What is uh, the mysterious world-ending singularity idea? What, uh, what is it? Um. I am on the uh, express that uh, uh, co.uk it's, it's it's a British publication uh, Elon Musk warns end of the simulation that we live in is coming soon and AI will uh, take uh, human race uh, many uh, many pseudo intellectuals uh, have for the last four or five years been talking about this mysterious cataclysmic event uh, called singularity. Uh, singularity uh, has become a trendy topic, a very trendy topic. What is singularity? For those of us who detest the snobbish uh, masquerade of intelligence by the corporate and professorial elite, it is a very easy term to define. Simply it is a made-up term for the moment where the machines will become smarter than humans. That's all there is to the concept. Again, it's a made-up term by the pseudo-intellectuals that simply defines the moment and time when machines will become smarter than humans. Um, that's all there is to the concept. Uh, John von Neumann, a brilliant uh, Austrian physicist in 1930s, has, uh, has been quoted that beyond that point, and I'm reading, um, a technological process will become incomprehensibly rapid and complicated. Uh, science fiction has always been on the forefront for popularizing <coughs> those uh, concepts. Werner uh, uh, Verge, um, is a sci-fi author, coined the term technological sing singularity in 1986 novel Marooned in Time. And I think I have, uh, for those of you who are watching me, my live stream, here is the, um, 
uh, here's the picture of the book. Let me make it a little bigger here. Marooned in time. Um, simply, uh, he created uh, in his novel uh, uh, is something that the future engineers uh, would call the bubble, with a com uh, which is a computer device of sort that which can contain uh, people outside of time. And in his novel, the um, the one being encompassing AI was um, was smarter than people, and it could uh, take the people inside uh, inside the AI itself, inside the um, uh, inside the computer. Uh, and that seems to be a very trendy idea among the um, among our so-called intellectual elite of the Silicon Valley is that at some point artificial intelligence will be single large artificial intelligence who will download our consciousness uh, inside itself and we will uh, live in the, the uh, cyber world and our physical body don't exist. So basically it's anti-humanity uh, idea to kill all of us because you know if, if you download something that they call uh, consciousness inside the computer it won't be us. Forgive me for for being just a boorish, simple, uh, deplorable middle class man. If you destroy my body and you destroy my brain, and you claim that you downloaded something inside the computer, that won't be me. Uh, I I will be dead. So it will be. So it, it's a <clears throat> it's a simple anti-humanity um, idea. It's not even a very complicated one. Science fiction wise, it's wonderful. Um, I there is an author by the name um, uh, by the name of Richard K. Morgan. Um, I'm on his website right now, RichardKMorgan.com. Uh, uh, he created a three book series, um, um, uh, Altered Carbon, uh, Broken uh, Angels, and Woken Furies. I guess the Alter Carbon uh, was published in 2012, uh, Broken a Angels um, in 2003, and uh, Woken Furies in 2005. <coughs> uh, Netflix made a, um, a very, very good uh, uh, adaptation of it in the, in, uh, in the, in the miniseries. I'm waiting for the second um, season to start sometime. Uh, next year. The idea is simple, is that in the future uh, uh, engineers figured out how to download uh, our consciousness in a uh, computer device called uh, the stack, which is kind of a small round thing that would be implanted in the back of somebody's neck and the spine, and you could change your bodies like you could change your clothing. As a matter of fact, in his books he refers to bodies as sleeves. Um, he is a very, very provocative and a very interesting writer. He created uh, a wonderful make-believe world, and I personally could suspend my disbelief. Uh, very, very easy reading, uh, reading his books and uh, watching the show. Books are actually better uh, than the show. The show goes by uh, Altered Carbon. You can look it up on. Uh, uh, you can you can look it up on uh, on Netflix. Uh, but this is uh, this is the idea uh, that the trained intellectuals have that it's going to be one encompassing um, AI uh, that's going to control everything and the extremists on their end and just think about it, they themselves are very extreme uh, to the left but they all have their own extremists they actually have a church worshiping that future big a uh, AI excuse me let me take a sip of this tea. My 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 throat is not um, is not holding it up very well. Well, let me put some uh, cold reason on their uh, on their superheated idiotic ideas. Those pseudo intellectuals are not very bright. Seriously, keep in mind when you talk about those Silicon Valley super intellectuals, <coughs> they may be smart in the engineering sense in um, the zeros and ones. In some of the science stuff, they may they they may have the know-how, but when it comes to philosophies, and when it comes to practical application of their philosophies, uh, your three-year-old has uh, more common sense than they do. Um, 
my opinion is that in the real world we have nothing to fear from the AI. Uh, it is not even clear that we will have one giant AI all-encompassing. Um, uh, if we come down from that ivory tower of their, uh, of their arrogance, we will discover that humans interact with numerous AIs every day. Uh, what do you call your computer operating system on your computer or on your cell phone? If it's not an AI, it's smarter than you are, but it's a very, very narrowly based. What about the spreadsheet maker that you use? Again, it's a lot smarter than you are. It does it a lot quicker. You can put in the formula in it and calculate something at a speed that uh, you know humans can't. Uh, what about your word processor, uh, which has a grammar correction, corrector to it and a spell checker? How about your voicemail uh, that has automatic reply that becomes your assistant? In many ways, it's a lot smarter than you are. I mean, uh, we can go on and on. There, there, uh, there are many examples of the smaller AIs that we interact with um, every day. And uh, my question to the uh, pseudo-intellectuals of the Silicon Valley is why are you gents keep on talking about one big all-encompassing godlike AI? And I have an answer. It's a psychological uh, difference between normal people like ourselves and those of the professorial slash corporate class. Let me explain myself because I think it's very important for us to understand our world. Most of us in the United States make a living, hard living. We look for a job, we get a mortgage or we pay rent, we always stare, stare at the abyss of the poverty since we were little. We know what it is being penniless and we learn from the young age that the only way to make money is to work hard and earn it to become the best qualified candidate for the job or if we start a business uh, to win our customers and that fear of being on the street living in the cardboard drives us well guess what ladies and gents the professorial slash corporate class of people uh, does not have that fear Pretty much all of them were born into some sort of wealth. Even if they didn't have the bona fide uh, uh, trust fund, they were still born into, uh, uh, into wealth. So they're used to, to a redistributive economy. They've been always given stuff like welfare recipients. They have never stared at the abyss of poverty. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it is to earn a living by working hard. Their careers are made by kissing the butt of their bosses, not to be the most qualified candidate for the job. <coughs> Just like they uh, kiss their parents' butt uh, uh, to get the allowance uh, when they get into the workforce and the, 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 the um, academia or um, corporate um, uh, hierarchy or the government jobs, uh, being most qualified has nothing to do with it. For them, the most important thing is to spout the right ideas, to think the right thoughts, and being very good at brown-nosing a person who distributes the good, the goods. They live in redistributive society, in a redistributive economy. They are being distributed. To them, having one big daddy, big brother government, or uh, one big uh, brother, daddy, um, AI is normal. They don't understand how to be independent. They don't want to be independent. They're afraid to be independent because all their life they depended on somebody uh, for, uh, for, the, for, for basically a welfare. I, I don't know how else to put it. <clears throat> Even though they get millions uh, to get money from somebody who is bigger, stronger, and smarter than they are. That's why they worship the big AI. Um, the, uh, the reality of the future is that we have nothing to fear for on big AI because I don't think it's, it's possible to create a system 
that will be just one big giant godlike AI. There are already many AIs, and to think that uh, unless uh, there is a um, uh, un unless there's a concerted effort to create one big controlling artificial intelligence, what I'm sure there is. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's possible. I really don't, 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 don't think it's possible to create one. Which uh, brings me to uh, the next topic, which is totally tie, uh, tied in to, um, to my subject. What is, uh, uh, how do I see the future? And, and I, see, I see actually a bright future for, uh, for entrepreneurs and for um, um, and for those of us who like freedom. So let me bring the next topic up. And let's talk about micro AIs. And let's talk about micro manufacturing. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, my voice is, uh, is going south. And in case uh, you just joined us, my name is Andre Lefevre. I am uh, a uh, citizen journalist, uh, extreme libertarian. I like to mouth off on things political, things cultural. Uh, things uh, interesting. I am on TechCrunch.com, and uh, let me bring this up so we can see it a little better. Uh, this was written by somebody named Dmitry uh, uh, Slipov, which is obviously a Russian, the evil, evil Russian, just like uh, like I am, even though I am an American citizen and been one for more than 40 years, uh, I'm still the evil Russian, according to the hard left, because of my genetic makeup. But that's, uh, that's another story. Uh, the, uh, the title of the, uh, of the article is Micro uh, Manufacturing the Future. Let me read it to you, because I think it is, it is the future. <coughs> Excuse me, my friends. Again, my, my throat is uh, giving out. The article, my, 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 micro manufacturing the future. <clears throat> as soon as I finished, uh, as soon as I finished typing the world, my uh, grammarly spell checker promptly underscores it in red and suggests a replacement: micro manufacturing hyphenated. But this is uh, new spelling is about to go mainstream. When I say micro manufacturing, I don't mean uh, uh, making tiny or micro scale components. There is another definition. Micromanufacturing is the manufacturing of products in small quantities using small manufacturing uh, facilities. And let me change this uh, visual. <coughs> I'm talking about tiny factories. How tiny is tiny? Well, right now everything uh, fits in one uh, down the road. Uh, uh, of the office copy machine will be micromanufacturing. Um, many of us grew up in the era of giant factories. Um, and let me bring this up. Um, now, what happened? Uh, uh, always saw those large manufacturing facilities were old-fashioned, and the other industrialized nations were like uh, uh, the first uh, reason is that the equipment needed to produce electronic devices is getting smaller and cheaper. Machines for producing electronic boards are not that all sophisticated. Your laser printer has more parts on it than uh, uh, SMT chip. Uh, 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 shooter does. The chief reason that these machines are so expensive is because they only sell tiny volumes and more and more people start to buy or lease their manufacturing equipment prices will go down as always do when sales increase. In a perfect positive feedback loop that inevitability forms around emerging uh, technologies. Um, I'm not going to read the whole, I didn't print it out correctly, it's kind of hard to read the way I printed it out, but the whole idea is the micro-manufacturing uh, is the future of manufacturing. Um, what the, the author foresees, and let me find my notes here, what the uh, <coughs> author foresees is that anybody, <coughs> excuse me, anybody
anybody in their garage could start uh, could start manufacturing. Uh, just think about that. You, you could you would be able to manufacture from your garage or or a very small um, a warehouse uh, very cheaply. Anything your creative mind, uh, <coughs> anything anything your creative mind can think of. Um, whether it is a, a new mousetrap or um, a new computer device, furniture, etc., etc., you can uh, be able to customize it um, to your specifications. I'm sorry, uh, my voice is really, really giving up, but I will suffer through it. My, my apologies. I shouldn't be more prepared for this. So. The movement of the industrial capacities goes um, away from uh, from the centralization, which means those large uh, multinational corporations are will become obsolete. <coughs> will uh, will become obsolete and are becoming um, and are becoming obsolete. Uh, the same thing goes with the artificial intelligence. Uh, every person will be able to use his own assistant, artificial AI, a small AI. They will be loyal, if you will, to every particular person, uh, rather than one big, all-encompassing AI. Now, I don't expect this process uh, to go smoothly. I mean, this is a process that may take a hundred years. Uh, after all, the today's manufacturing system uh, was created over the period of 300 years. Um, Frederick Taylor, the father of the scientific uh, management method in the 19th century, uh, <coughs> has turned the generations of uh, uh, humans into inanimate objects in the eyes of the management. Uh, you know, read up on read up on his ideas. His idea was is that uh, basically a person would become a um, a machine doing a specific job and specific job only. Uh, before the industrialization and Frederick um, uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, before the industrialization uh, um, and uh, Frederick Taylor's uh, scientific method, um, there was a guild system and every master <coughs> knew how to do every job and every process that required for the finished product and of course he trained his apprentices well it wasn't a very efficient system according to the new industrials plus it cost more a lot of money to have a a professional person doing all the jobs so uh, that system was smashed I, I, I can't say whether it was impeding the industrialization but what it did, it was impeding the wealth and power of the industrialists in the 19th and the 20th century. So um, many of the collectivist uh, uh, theories came up to foster the idea that human beings are not individuals, but just components of large machines. Ergo, um, uh, Marxism, ergo, <coughs> National and Socialist Party, Ergo, uh, today's hard left. Um, well, it looks like it, it looks like uh, micro manufacturing is going to break that, and I'm very optimistic about it. Is because the collectivist ideas of the 19th century pretty much uh, became obsolete, if you will. Majority of people don't believe in them. Uh, the small, very powerful uh, elite who does believe in them. Is just holding on to power by hook or crook. Um, now, the uh, the next uh, uh, subject I want to talk to, which ties in again with the uh, with the decentralization, is um, <coughs> is uh, is cryptocurrencies. Just a second here. The cryptocurrency and the Federal Reserve. And I printed out, and let me bring it to, to the screen, um, an article 
from um, from finance uh, from yahoo.com finance yahoo.com and let me bring this up up here oh let me do it right up here again please forgive me for my voice it's getting getting a little better I'll bring some more to you um, the um, the name of the article and that's from uh, from December 26 of this year pro Bitcoin Ron Paul it's time to abolish Federal Reserve embrace uh, tax-free crypto a retired US congressman and I'm reading the article a retired US congressman Ron Paul uh, a Bitcoin uh, skeptic turn uh, proponent uh, uh, reiterated his calls to abolish the Federal Reserve shortly after it raised the baseline interest rate a quarter of a percentage point <coughs> to a range of 2.25% to 2.5%. Uh, this is the future uh, uh, that this is the uh, fourth time that the Fed, the central banking system of the United States, raised interest uh, rates in 2018. I, I'm reading the article. Uh, the move uh, sparked renewed fears of a U.S. Uh, recession that could uh, potentially trigger a global recession in 2019. Ron Paul uh, said the Federal Reserve should uh, let the market um, dictate uh, interest rates instead of artificially uh, manipulating them. Uh, later in the article, he um, he praises the cryptocurrency <coughs> and he calls for the abolition of the Federal Reserve uh, and central banking systems altogether in favor of the private cryptocurrencies. And uh, I agree with him. Um, uh, I am not a big fan of Ron Paul as a person, but as far as being fellow libertarian, I think he's invaluable. And what happens is nobody cares. Uh, I really don't care if I like somebody or not, if I like the person's ideas and I like the person's actions. Um, that, that's good enough for me. My personal uh, preferences are really immaterial. Um, let, me, let me touch upon um, the history of Federal Reserve in my thoughts on what's going to happen in the future with, uh, the, uh, with, uh, with our economy. <clears throat> the current uh, central banking system, uh, the Federal Reserve, was created in the early 20th century, primarily uh, by uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, John Pierpont Morgan, and with the help of um, elitist uh, European, Western European uh, interests. The idea is actually very simple. You don't, you don't have to use uh, <coughs> specialized uh, language to describe it. Federal Reserve creates money out of thin air, gives it to few preferred uh, banking families to their banks and then um, those banks lend it to US government primarily which uh, uh, which taxes us to pay those few family family banking families back up with interest that's all there is to it uh, we also get a small percentage of that money in the form of high interest loans from from the same bank sometimes it filters through some independent banking, but the <clears throat> the banking families, like descendants of J.P. Morgan, they, they simply create money out of uh, out of thin air for themselves. That's why they're wealthy. Now, cryptocurrency is another story. <coughs> Cryptocurrencies is a totally independent uh, blockchain technology. Uh, I have not seen anything to suggest that. Uh, Cryptocurrencies can be hacked. Uh, may somebody will figure out how to do it in the future, but right now it's a, it's an alternative to gold and other precious uh, precious metals. Uh, now the um, Federal Reserve and several banking system will implode. It's at the end of it. It will implode as soon as a majority of the people stop accepting it, which which will happen. In some some ways, it's already happening. Uh, there is a huge uh, uh, underground uh, economy, gray economy, in the cryptocurrencies. <coughs> um, for instance, uh, the drug dealers, uh, from what I have read, are using the crypto by the name of Monero 
And I am sure there are many, many billion dollars worth of transactions are happening in cryptos that we simply cannot track because by its nature, uh, cryptocurrencies are um, uh, private. So I do not fear uh, Federal Reserve collapsing upon itself. I do not fear, I don't fear it at all. It will simply be replaced by cryptos. The people who fear it are the banking elite. I remember in 2007 when the recession hit, uh, those uh, Wall Street types were uh, running around claiming that the world is just about to end. And yes, true, their world was just about to end, but if the um, U.S. government didn't bail them out, our lives of the middle class would have been a lot better. We would have a lot more freedom. Actually, we probably would have made a lot more money because it would have been replaced by some other more equitable system. Because the system we have right now was designed by the wealthy elite for the wealthy elite, not for us. <clears throat> I foresee other changes um, that will happen in the future. And that, uh, and that has to do with the, uh, uh, with the traditional gender roles. And again, uh, I see a lot of changes in the future because of the decentralization will be that of manufacturing, be that of cryptocurrencies, and the death of the Federal Reserve, which I think is inevitable. I also see a form of a return to traditional gender roles because uh, the gender war that we have right now is absolutely appalling. And I have to preface that, is that many of today's men blame feminists and women for the appalling state of a uh, relationship between the men and women uh, in the United States. I'd like to say a provocative thing. Uh, I don't think feminism uh, uh, benefits women at all. And I think actually we men are the culprits of it because we bought into the idea because feminism was created to separate uh, us from women and women bought it. But I want to ease into this. <coughs> I want to ease into this and illustrate it by going back. Um, uh, let's say go. Let's go back. Uh, how far back do we want to go? Uh, let's go back to the Nika revolt uh, of fifteen of uh, five hundred and thirty-two um, uh, of the year five hundred and thirty-two uh, in the Empire of uh, of Byzantium, and uh, so you can see it here. The Nika revolt. I uh, I am on uh, uh, thought.com just to illustrate it. And uh, let me bring a picture of uh, of Empress uh, Theodora. And uh, let's see if I can put her up. If uh, if you are watching my uh, my uh, live stream, you can see the picture, the mosaic of she's in the middle, Theodora. Um, it is a very interesting story, and I promise you that I'll bring it home to the uh, to the gender wars and to the traditional um, to the traditional uh, uh, to the traditional um, family. But uh, Theodora started out her life as a prostitute. She started out her life uh, as a uh, uh, as a as a street prostitute. Somehow, and I don't want to go into the details, she ended up being a uh, empress and the wife of a patrician by the name of Justinian. Uh, he was a Roman emperor of the eastern part of the Roman Empire. By that time, western uh, half of the Roman Empire didn't exist, and um, he was a capable uh, he was a capable politician. Excuse me, he was a capable. Uh, uh, he was a capable uh, emperor, except uh, in those days, Constantinople was ruled by uh, a mob, Byzantium. So the mob sometimes would bunch up starting at the horse races, the Hippodrome, and uh, they would uh, create a ruckus, they would create a city-wide um, 
citywide revolt, and they would remove one emperor and put another. And uh, remember the, those two characters that we have. We have a high patrician who grew up in purple, as it was said, that had everything given to him, and his wife, a hardened uh, street girl, a prostitute, who was used to <clears throat> who was used to unbelievable hardships, and somehow she was able to marry the emperor, which uh, which speaks in uh, unbelievable talent and um, an ability to uh, to overcome obstacles. So, uh, in those days, uh, there were two factions, political factions, which also. Uh, went on to the sports arena as far as chariot racing, the blues and the greens. And uh, the revolt was called Nika is because I think in the old Greek Nika means uh, go, go, go. So the crowd, uh, when the green uh, colored chariots would uh, go around the track, uh, the uh, the green crowd would yell uh, Nika for the greens and the uh, blue crowd uh, would yell Nika for the for the blues, and uh, you cannot downplay the importance of chariot racing in uh, in Byzantium, uh, in the eastern part of the empire. Uh, po politics were made and broken. Uh, everything that was happening in the empire had something to do <coughs> with chariot racing. It's really hard for us to imagine. It was much bigger than boxing, football, baseball, and basketball put together. Well, uh, in, uh, I want to make sure that I have my dates uh, corrected. In the year of uh, uh, 532, uh, Justinian uh, and his uh, wife Theodora were in the royal box at the Hippodrome watching the races when the uprising started. Instead of fighting with each other, the blues and the greens uh, were... Um, calling for the removal of uh, the uh, Justinian as the emperor. And Justinian, remember, Justinian was a pampered patrician, and he uh, already prepared uh, uh, for such an eventuality, and he wanted simply to go into the, uh, to the exile. So he retreated to his palace, where uh, a, a former uh, street girl, Theodora, who had no desire to lose her privileges as the empress, confronted him. And I can't imagine the scene. This very tough street girl put her uh, Greek uh, hands on her hips and on top of her lungs uh, yelled at the most powerful man uh, in the world at that time, calling him, uh, um, uh, calling him a coward, and by the force of her personality, forcing him to gather his troops and remained... Um, and remain the emperor, which he did, I think, for another 19 or so years. Uh, without her, he probably would have been killed or would have been just a footnote to uh, uh, to history. And uh, I promise to bring this up, uh, to bring this back to um, generals, this is the traditional role between men and women. Men are supposed to protect and support women, and women's uh, job is to make sure that men are comfortable and uh, strong enough to do that. In that particular interaction, in my mind, it just encapsulates us how women, how important women are in, uh, in the traditional family. Uh, that scene is played out countless times throughout history in the middle class. Uh, where a husband, for some reason, is demoralized and uh, is uh, ready to give up on something, a business, a job, whatever. And when a woman steps in, uh, by the force of her personality, forces him to assume the brave masculine role <coughs> that we men have. Uh, men and women genetically are very different, are very different cognitively. Uh, the whole idea of feminism and the Marxism is that there is some sort of uh, equality, cognitive and physical equality between men and women. It's designed for one purpose, to separate us and to rule and conquer us. Uh, somehow 
men uh, in the uh, 1960s have bought into that uh, very false uh, idea and were agreed to throw our women uh, to the walls of women. Women cannot compete with us in, um, in the business world. They're simply not equipped. Our job is not to compete with them. Our job is to love and protect them. How do I see this changing? Earlier in, uh, in my live stream, on my, my podcast, I was talking uh, about micro-AIs and micro-manufacturing, which allow uh, every man to manufacture for his home, his garage, or small manufacturing facility. Uh, if that happens, and I'm pretty sure it will, whether it's going to happen in five years or a hundred years, I don't know. It will simply force us men to create family around us, to attract women and convince women uh, to assume their traditional role because uh, a wife is a very important uh, part of a family. Uh, it might believe that man is not complete unless he has a woman to love and protect and support. The pleasure of having a family, supporting your family, knowing that you are a sole protector and supporter of your family uh, makes men do great things. Absolutely makes men uh, do great things. Uh, let's see here. Well, uh, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I am on my uh, website, wildnews.us. Uh, uh, if for some reason you want to contact me, just go wildnews.us, contact, info, <coughs> all my information is there. Feel free to email me uh, if, you have, uh, if you have comments or ideas uh, for uh, the future stories or commentaries that I should make. Um, I really appreciate you joining me. I really do, a lot more than I can say. Uh, Happy New Year. And have a blessed day. God bless you, my friends. God bless you.